Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing, carefully consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at globalxetfs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Co. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit Hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cookery writers, and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. Today we welcome Charlotte and Angus from Sea Sisters, a business they started from their tiny kitchen in a hackney during lockdown. Their tinned fish is produced using sustainable and ethically sourced British fish, prepared by Chef Angus and then canned by hand. They're the only cannery in England and one of only two in the whole of the UK. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Hi, thank you. Thanks for coming to chat to us today. It's been a while since we've done two people, so it'll be great to hear from both of you. You've got quite an amazing story and I've got lots of questions. So let's jump right in with what made you decide to go into what's quite a niche market. Well, I mean, we are huge lovers of tinned fish. Um, We were young and in a transit van bumbling through Europe and we ate a lot of canned food and we had lots of ideas with Angus being a chef. We We had ideas around restaurants that involved tinned food, potentially bringing out a product. And then obviously we were hit by the the global pandemic. Angus was out of work. I was on maternity leave with our two little children, both um, under two years old. And we wondered what the future looked like. And um, we would make trips to the supermarket and consume lots of canned food at home, tinned tomatoes, tinned fish, 
Um, and we decided that it was the time to to develop a product. And we decided that tinned fish was the, the product that we were going to do. And we started to research. We did start from our kitchen with regards to um, the development of the products, the, the sort of trials and the testing. And um, all the research we carried out, we were just so surprised that there was no one else canning fish in England. And I'm, I'm really surprised that you're the only the only cannery in England and only one and two in the UK. I mean, what? why do you think it, it died out? Because at some point it must have been a pretty big industry here, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's bonkers, actually, that we are the only people doing it. And, um, you know, there was no one to turn to, no one to ask questions. And it was just reading, finding the odd book um, and just researching online. Yeah, delving into that world was... I mean, all sorts of things. It was off-putting, it was inspiring, it was scary. We were getting into something that was uh, felt like it was, you know, above us, but we just were so determined to do it. And um, we just carried on tinkered, tinkering away in our little kitchen. I guess also, you know, we so much of tinned food was happening in Europe at the time. And, bef- you know, pre-Brexit um, and people didn't need to consider... Um, the import export we we bought everything in from other countries. Yeah, because I I went to um, Portugal this year, and obviously that's huge for they've got whole shops devoted to tinned fish there with the most beautiful artwork, which I think we're going to talk about later. Um, you know, and and over you know in Spain and Portugal, um, in Italy, it's something that's seen as a, a premium product. You know, whereas I think we just don't see it like that. Yeah, totally. We were eating the most incredible sardines in Brittany out of cans, going down into Spain and having the you know, incredible Galician mussels in Escabeche. And it was just inspiring. And the artwork and the colour and everything about it was inspiring for us. And um, it really it kind of, you know, attracted our palates as well as our eyes. And we just, yeah, uh, it, was a, it was a dream, but only until lockdown. And yeah. it all kind of happened. Can you tell us a bit about the actual process of canning, as in the mechanics of it? Everything that we do, we do in a um, in our cannery, which is um, kitted out, and we use um, food scientists to do all of our thermal processing. So, if oh, okay. you, you know, to get an idea of actually the the process of of, of canning fish. Um, there, it, it goes through a process of being, you know, if the fish comes in, it gets deboned, it gets cooked, and then it gets packed into cans, seamed with a can seamer, and then goes through a very um, high sterilization process in in a retort, which is the thermal processing. So yeah, it's great that you you started from your home kitchen experimenting, but then obviously, you know, with any food business, you have to go into the proper health and safety checks and and, and doing something like you're doing, which does have risks if you don't do it properly like any food preparation does that you've Absolutely. got a, you've got a proper setup now which which obviously comes with a, a higher price as well so you know you've got all of those considerations talking about the process um can we talk a bit about how you prepare the fish for canning angus because i know that you you are a chef you've worked in various kitchens quite famous kitchens um did you bring a lot of that to bear with the recipes that you put inside the can yeah, absolutely. Um, I was drawn to certain types of fish just from working with it in the restaurants, uh, but also had to consider what was going to work in the can. Um, so, you know, the, the initial rounds of testing uh, were 
focused on fish that weren't so much championed in the tin fish world because we wanted to have an edge. We wanted to be different. Um, and some of those we're going to go back to because they were very successful. But we landed on three products that we were really happy with, um, one of which you never or I don't think you've ever seen in, in a can, uh, which is Pollock. Um, so we wanted to do a spin on Bacalao, which is uh, Portuguese salt cod. Um, a recipe that I learnt in my early days at Trulo is salt cod poached in olive oil, which has been infused with garlic and bay leaves. So it's a really fragrant, garlicky oil, and you get lovely big flakes of the fish. And I was, from the day dot, I was just dreaming of that in a can and wanted wanted to make it work. And uh, we turned to Pollock because it's really sustainable and plentiful in our waters. So we trialed and trialed with that. Cod, um, it, when it's salted, it's a long process. So we've had to work on that to try and make it uh, actually viable, <laughs> because we can't spend, you know, these these weeks yeah. drying it all out and salting <laughs> it, and it needs to be a quick process. So we've got there now, and we're really happy with it. I mean, in the early days, Angus was um, sort of doing the experimenting at home, and we had lots of um, <laughs> we had lots of fish drying <laughs> in the kitchen. Um, we had lots of salting going on and, and even we're not living in the same house now, but, um, we even had, um, a fridge, um, in the living room <laughs> where we were kind of keeping everything separate to our, our home, um, commercial fridge, our home huge. shopping and <laughs> oh, um, the God. things that you do in the early days of, of starting something that you laugh at, um, in hindsight. Um, and the girls, we've got two little girls, um, they just got, in the in the early days, it was like, oh, there's a commercial fridge in our kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. Um, but then um, they, they just got so used to to, to living with a fridge. Um, Not being able to hear Peppa Pig on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> for those, yeah, because it made a big buzzing yeah. sound for those first well, few months. That was quite, quite funny. But yes. And you use other quite unusual ingredients. I mean, not unusual, but like clever, like you use Somerset cider and deer, which is a Calabrian um, sort of. Uh, salami like spreadable salami um so you're bringing a bit of your chef kind of knowledge into the the recipes too yeah to, to bring uh my chefing experience into the cans was really important for us and is an amazing ingredient i've always loved using it and uh we felt it was a really good match with our muscles so we just made a nice little escabeche and um, marinated the mussels in the enduya, and it just comes together wonderfully in the can. Again, Somerset cider that's made by our family friends down on in Borough Hill. Uh, so we've drunk that cider at Glastonbury at the cider bus for years and years. Nice. And to now have it in a product that we're making is, yeah, special for us. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. 
Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit Hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. This episode is brought to you by Dove. You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. When you've developed the recipe and you're happy with the flavor, and then you can it. Does it change in the canning process and you have to, um, you know, allow for that? Yes, it does. Yes. There are certain things that change, like spice levels, acidity. They're the two main things. So you really have to consider that. And also how much and what, what preparation goes into the, the fish um, or seafood, you know, whatever it is. So whether that's being cooked to a certain point, you know, you have to play everything just right. Um, <clears throat> there's lots of sort of and back so and precise. forth isn't there it? and I'm a chef and I've you know I'm not I'm a bit uh, of a home cook and I'm not never really precise it's just you know a bit of this bit of that kind of thing this has totally changed for me I've had to to the very gram and that's on a huge level so instead of doing two kilos of cuttlefish I'm prepping 200 kilos of cuttlefish um, and I've done that on my own yeah working long long days and cuttlefish, if anyone's prepared it before, is not the easiest. <laughs> yeah, they're they're tough, aren't they? So we had um, uh, Theo Randall was in on Monday, and he was he was talking about how much he loves cuttlefish. So I feel like it's bubbling under as a trend. Cuttlefish is going, but he, but what he was saying was get your fishmonger to skin it because it's hell to skin. I so think that's also what you're talking about, isn't you it? You know, we've <laughs> had in regards to the cuttlefish. There's um, you know, there's news around the sustainability and the fact that it's not... Um, it's just the, the manner in which it's often caught is not good for the seabed. Um, oh, really? Okay. But we've, we're using pot-caught or trap-caught cuttlefish, uh, which is static pots, long kind of lobster pots, and they just, yeah, they're ethically caught, which is really important to us because you see often see cuttlefish and squid in cans. A lot of the time, yeah, it's not come from the, the best because um, you want to avoid the dredging don't exactly. you of the sea which yeah. is because I think they sort of swim along the bottom don't yeah, they so exactly. so you kind of because um, I know sustainability and sourcing is really important for you so do you kind of go to different fisheries to source different fish we've built relationships with either third party kind of fish wholesalers or fisheries via the restaurants so there are um, organic mussel farm uh, that we use is foy down in Cornwall, um, and they're award-winning, fantastic mussels, the most plump, delicious, perfectly saline mussels. And, um, yeah, we've, we've made a really good relationship with them, and we, we've um, started using Dorset cockles from the Dorset Shellfish Company, and, again, working direct with the source. So it's really nice to be able to connect with these, you know, these people, working specifically on one 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 part of the fishing industry the story of our fish is really important to us and we want to know as consumers ourselves where does our food come from and something like the the pollock 
you know, we're trying to change the mindset of our of our customers to understand more about Pollock in that it has the same flavor and texture profile as cod. Um, but as we discussed before, it's it's plentiful in the UK. Um, where do we buy our cuttlefish from? You know, we we buy it pot caught because we know it doesn't have impact on on the environment. We make sure that we we get all of our fish when it's in season and therefore it's plentiful. Um, we we constantly talk about that, so we know and we feel confident when we're eating something that we're we're not a part of anything that's going to be disruptive or, or negative to the environment. Obviously, sustainability is really important to you, and and you were talking a bit there about mussels, um, and you had some stories about why they're so good for us and the planet. Um, let's let's do a little deeper dive into the mussels. Mussels are so delicious, and. If we're thinking about the future of and of, of actually um, feeding ourselves nutrient dense protein, um, things like bivalve mollusks, mollusks are really really important to us. Um, they are packed full of nutrients and they also do great things when they're growing. So the rope grow mussel farms that we've that we've used. Um, as the mussels grow, they clean the waters, um, they really encourage um, biodiversity. And it's it's told that the um, the emissions that are let off from growing mussels are far less than even um, from growing a field of vegetables. Yeah, oh, really? they actually wow. sequest carbon. So say if there was uh, two, a ton of mussels harvested, yeah. there'd be you know, about quarter of a ton of carbon is sequestered into their shells That's amazing. so yeah they're, yeah they're, they're superfood and i would absorbing. go so far to say if i can be slightly controversial um that they would be they could be considered a great vegan food if you're thinking of being vegan around the environment because they do so many wonderful things for us yeah. and they give back in such a positive way yeah because I, I think you on your on your notes you said they create underwater ecosystems whilst cleaning the water as they grow which again I mean come on yeah. what don't they do exactly, <laughs> exactly. yeah and actually our, our mussels we, one of the things that we're really passionate about is creating a no waste production process and we're constantly thinking how can we um, reuse the waste for example our shells um, what do we do with the remnants of our fish? And we we find homes for everything. Um, our shells for our, from all our shellfish, both our cockles and our mussels, are sent to um, an incredible shell artist um, called Blocker Wilson, and she makes these amazing um, shell um, shell houses and grottos. She fills ceilings with them. She creates art. Um, so that makes us feel really good that nothing nothing goes to waste. And things like our our cuttlefish um, leftovers and, and fish, we we create stocks with them or we freeze them for the fishing community and they're used as bait. That's amazing. Mm. And actually the cuttlefish bone is used by jewellers and has done for centuries. So wow. the inside of it is kind of soft and you can... Yeah create your uh like a cast, cast yeah create your cast with it and it's not sensitive to heat so you can throw in your you know your molten hot silver or gold into the into the cuttlefish and it will hold it exactly how you've designed which is quite yeah. cra crazy that, that's incredible I, I went to have a look at um uh blot kerr wilson she's called yeah yes. and you said um it's uh bali malo cooking school shell yeah. house if you if you um search for that you can see it but you you must love the fact that you're 
your muscle shells go off and make oh i mean that's so fascinating isn't it it's wonderful isn't it yeah, yeah. um and it's i mean as i was saying earlier you know tin fish is very trendy now because of the art you know you've got you've got lovely little um labels on yours is that the the your daughters the sea sisters yes yeah. they are yeah. Um, yes, we're without being too cheesy, they're sort of representing what you know the, the future and yeah. sort of moving forward in a really positive way. So yeah, they are the little sea sisters. And they were also such a big part of the brand from the early days. They were you know knee high, just grappling my legs whilst I was filleting pollock left right and center are they are um, they still a big fans of tin fish or they fight over who's going to finish the last muscle in the can. <sighs> there you go. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to finish up, what, what's next for you? What have you got coming up? Well, we've got a tinned fish subscription um, that we're going to launch next month in October. Um, and we think it will be great for anyone that isn't sure what to buy their foodie family for Christmas. Um, so they'll receive a, a lovely tin with a recipe um, card in a box every month. Um, and we've got the launch of a couple more products. Yeah, we've got um, the much-loved Cuddlefish in Ink. We've been uh, dishing this out at markets for a while just for samples to see what people were thinking. We actually did Soho Farmhouse Food Festival the other day and we were giving samples there and people were buying five cans a go. So Amazing. That's <laughs> <laughs> it went down well, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're really pleased with that one. And we've got our Dorset Cockles in chilli oil about to be released. Oh, wow. That sounds fantastic. We're yeah. also canning our range of mussels. Um, they they go through a period of in the summer of spawning um, and the meat isn't, um, isn't good to, to then eat for a period of time. So we wait for them to be plump and ready to harvest again. And, and we'll be canning them when they're at their their best in the in the colder months. So you'll um, be busy, busy in the winter then. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and where can people go and buy uh, the, the tin fish and where should they keep in contact with you? Oh, well, we, we sell everything directly to our um, customers on our website, um, which is eastlondoncanning.com. And we, we do all of our sales really in communication via Instagram. So if anyone ever wants to reach out, it's really lovely to get messages via, via Instagram or our email via our website. Um, and we're stocked in lots of shops and delis across the UK now. Yeah, so people can try. And your Instagram's at Sea Sisters UK. Is that right? That's right, yes. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thanks for coming to chat to us again, Charlotte and Angus. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so having much us. for having us. It's been us. a really good experience and we loved it. Thank you for listening to the Olive Podcast. For recipes and more information, head to olivemagazine.com. Do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.